This is the MDT Podcast. A podcast for all healthcare professionals working with older adults. We are a multidisciplinary team educating about ageing. MDT. The MDT is brought to you by the Hearing Aid Podcast team. We focus on a different topic each week to work with you to enhance your knowledge to help you look after older people. Hello, I'm Ian Wilkinson. I'm a geriatrician down in Surrey and welcome to this 13th series of the MDT, something that we're calling MDT Kindness. And this is the prologue episode. And today I have, as ever, my co-presenter on my left. Hi, I'm Joe Preston and I am also a geriatrician working in South London. So back in 2015, 2016, Joe and I created the MDT to support people working with older adults across the breadth of health and social care. Our aim has been and is to help you all as individuals work well with the teams that you work with through a shared understanding of the conditions and understanding of each other's roles and how we can work best together as a team to improve the care of the older adults that we work with. MDT working and teamwork is particularly vital in geriatric medicine. And this project has always been funded by Health Education England, which has been a, a real bonus because it means that we're made, able to make this impartially. We don't have to have any advertisements or any endorsements from anywhere so we can make sure that what we're talking to you about is really our, our kind of professional opinions, really. Um, last year in 2022, um, HEE were looking for projects that they could support to support post-COVID recovery. And while I was on sick leave from some quite significant burnouts, Ian got his keyboard out and applied for some funding to make this series and that is about how we work together in teams and in particular the importance of kindness within this. So here we are, this new series called MD Team Kindness because we love a play on words. We do love a pun, we do (laughs) love a pun Um, and and we've had lots of puns over the years, you know. I'm going up to the BGS in Edinburgh and maybe I'll do an MD Team Cake cake from up there and and get another pun done, yeah. (laughs) And so this feels like a natural progression, really, uh, for the MDT, following on from the first 10 series where we were very much looking at what we do. So we were based on core topics and core issues around older people. Series 11 and 12 focused on who does this, both through the community and uh, acute care side of things, looking through our patient to Jean, and we followed her through uh, her journey. The focus of this series will move towards how we do things. An important component of this is not just the technical side of how we do things like a surgical intervention or how we do a mental capacity act assessment or something, but the personal side of how, how we work together in and with our teams. So when we talk about kindness, we're not just talking about being polite to each other. We're talking about the action of kindness and its impacts on on ourselves as individuals and on our team's resilience as well. Um, the enjoyment and satisfaction that we get from our work and being able to still have that. And from a very sort of day-to-day human side, this is a really fundamental thing for us to consider. You know, we spend a significant amount of our time at work and with our team members at work. So how can we look after ourselves and our teams so that we can keep doing our jobs well and for the long term? Yeah, and the terms resilience and well-being have been used yeah. a lot over the last few years so um, and and a certain number of people have developed antibodies to those terms <laughs> um, but through this we really hope to demonstrate that through this series that how we might sort of directly build more capacity within ourselves and within the systems that we work in for the benefit of both ourselves and our patients 
who are at the core, the centre, the true north, whatever phrase you use of what we are doing. So while there are a lot of things that we don't have control over in the NHS in particular, which is the system that we're working in, for example, where the funding goes and for what, we're going to focus on those things that we do have control over day to day. And that fits kind of with our educational nerdiness yeah, as well, um, because, you know, well, there, there's quite a lot of educational stuff that we think <laughs> about when we, we create these episodes. The way that we do this really is is essentially trying to create a community of practice, both physical in your workplace, but also digital through Twitter, through Instagram, through our, our various social media channels and the interactions through the website. We think about educational theory, that, that sort of idea of knowing how to do something, to doing it, sort of moving up Miller's triangle, if you like. We think about the difference between explicit facts that we can we can teach you. You know, we can tell you the percentage of people with this, that or the other. But I think we probably both think more importantly is the, the tacit information, the tacit knowledge that's being transmitted. So hearing a group of people that hopefully know what they're talking about talk about something with passion transmits that uh, in some kind of untangible way that's difficult to write down and that fits into the, the educational theories that I'm interested in is about threshold concepts of working with older people and just a heads up older people are complex not everyone gets that you probably do if you're listening to this and when we look after them generally we use a nurturing style of care so we want people to get better and we'll sort of invest some of ourselves in that and then we think about learning in teams and what we learn from each other that sort of peer education versus again those simple facts and then we've tried to just sort of sprinkle across all of the episodes this little bit of gentle team-based quality improvement activities that just a just a, a pecan uh, of that if you like mm -hmm. just to give you a little bit of a, a, a sense of what you can do to try and improve the care um, that your whole team delivers so going back to what Ian was talking about there about um, a lot of the, the work that we do is considered that kind of nurturing care. We know that working in geriatric services with older adults is both physically and emotionally hard work in different elements, depending on which role that you're playing in that. Um, and it's always been that way. You know, we're supporting people with high levels of physical and cognitive disability and morbidity. They have high rates of mortality. They may be nearing the end of their lives. They may have cognitive impairment or have behavioural and psychological symptoms of dementia that make working with them just more challenging than, uh, than an adult without that. Um, and working with older adults in these circumstances often requires giving a lot of ourselves to that person, to the system. It requires a lot of our time. It requires us to be physically touching people at times when that may not feel comfortable for you if you're not the sort of person that usually likes that you know our compassion our patience concentration and that physical and emotional energy and it's never really been for the faint-hearted as much as people don't always necessarily understand the challenging work that we do and it's never really received the recognition for that and the skill the intensity that it requires we all know that it does and this is something that we've built to try and sort of directly recognise those challenges that we're working with to keep us going. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's been compounded in the wake of the, the pandemic, I think, for both older adults and the health and social care workers that, that work with them and look after them. As teams, we have worked in and through the front line of the COVID-19 pandemic, whilst also dealing with the same 
existential human fears and trauma of the pandemic that everyone else had on a personal level. And it's not like our day-to-day work went away. You know, we still have older people presenting with multimorbidity and frailty syndromes over and above any infectious illness. And many teams were disrupted, some were redeployed, some became remote or purely virtual. And as a system, we've experienced high levels of moral injury. We're exhausted as individuals, as teams and at systems levels. And we're now trying to play catch up. And we're now trying to adapt and adjust to the new working environment with more remote working, teams meetings, increasing community management, virtual wards, increasingly complex teams that interact across places and ICSs. And at the same time, older adults have experienced a significant decline in their health. There are increased levels of physical and psychological dependence, increased mental health crises, increased complexity. And we know from some of the stuff we've talked about before that, you know, if you've got multimorbidity with neuropsychiatric components, everything gets, just gets exponentially more complex and, and difficult. The system that we're working in is more stretched than ever before. And we're noticing higher levels of agitation and aggression within teams, with between teams and family members. And mm. generally, the workplace is a more antsy place than it was. Absolutely. So it's really vital that we can address some of these changes um, in the conditions of our work environment to be able to do these jobs in the long term and not just to avoid or remedy burnout, but to rebuild and maintain the resilience that we have and is required to continue to work with the kindness and compassion that we are doing in our jobs and that our patients deserve. So this series really aims to address how we might do this. So at an individual level for ourselves, um, reflecting on our own reactions and how we impact the the teams and systems we work within, within the teams themselves, and we include patients in that, and within the systems that we work in at a higher level. And in this journey, we're going to be joined by some amazing guests um, from a Uh, really, really amazing people from a whole diverse background. Uh, We've got artists, we've got scientists, we've got explorers, we've got other doctors, and we've got our amazing, wonderful MDT faculty. So we've got two people in particular who have helped us quite a lot during this series, and you're going to hear quite a lot from. So the first is Jess from Be Here Well, um, and she's going to share some of her experience in her work as a breathwork coach. Um, She's developed some breathing techniques and also some measurements to see how your body is dealing with those and responding. And the idea of those is to help to understand and modulate our nervous systems according to the situations that we're in, allowing us to be more self-aware about how we are and on from this situational awareness. So what sort of things make us feel more uncomfortable, which make us feel more comfortable? And then we can start to pick into what you might do about that in the future rather than avoidance per se. Yeah. And the second is Julian Stodd, who's been on the the podcast before. Julian is an author, a thinker, an explorer of the social age, and he'll be taking us through some of his work on quiet leadership and thinking about the impact and influence we all have in every situation that we find ourselves in, whether or not it's stressful or otherwise. Lots of leadership teaching can focus on those sort of in typical hierarchical and leadership roles, whereas Julian's work on quiet leadership focuses on the roles that we all play on a daily basis and leading in the smallest of actions. And both are going to be giving us and you uh, homework as we go through the series. So each week there will be something to take away, think about or do. 
But it's not all going to be work. As ever, we'll be bringing you our favourite bits from social media each week related to what we're talking about, as well as highlighting the evidence base that exists around these ideas through peer-reviewed articles, books, thinking about the related physiology in a sort of hybrid nerd alert style (laughs) combo thingy. Yeah, so I think because some of this can seem quite fluffy, um, we've really tried to find where there is evidence to support this, not just a it's nice thing to do level, but how it's really impacting ourselves and systems. So starting as we mean to go on, we're going to start with just a short paper that Ian found, which is really nice, from 2013 in the Journal of Academic Medicine. He was starting with the knowledge that 20% of physicians experience burnout. They wanted to look at, okay, well, what's happening with the other 80%? What factors might be protective here in preventing burnout? So they undertook 200 semi-structured interviews with physicians of different ages, disciplines, and hierarchical status from across Germany. Yeah, and 200 interviews is a Good number for a qualitative study. Yeah. You know, I when I did some of my work, you know, I, I've done twenty odd, and that took hours and hours and hours. Yeah, to analyze. Yeah. So two hundred is a is a, is a is a big big number. And they did focus on physicians, but I I would imagine things are relatively applicable. Their findings sound like other be Yeah. So the three things that they the three themes really that they identified as being protective were a feeling of job-related gratification derived from treatment interaction. So that's when you do something and people get better. That's good. The second was practices. So leisure time activities, self-demarcation, limiting people's working out, limiting your own working hours and uh, seeking out professional development opportunities. And then the third was attitudes, such as an acceptance of professional and personal boundaries and a focus on the positive aspects of work and a degree of personal reflexivity. I really like this because I think that a lot of uh, well-being and resilience building kind of advice tends to focus around the, the second of those, isn't it? It's having leisure activities, you know, have a hobby, like all that kind of thing, which can feel a bit hollow at times when you're working in quite challenging situations. It's not to undervalue the, the benefit of those, it's absolutely important, but I think this really is nice in highlighting why that's not enough by itself. And I think it it acts as quite a nice frame for this series, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Because thinking back through that, so the first bit about job-related gratification, hopefully you will get from us talking both in these episodes but also before that. Looking after other people is cool. It's fun. (laughs) It's amazing. We, We have such a privileged ability to work with older people so hopefully you you get that passion the practices we're going to hopefully instill something through this series that will allow you some working practices that you can use to try and help self-demarcate and stretch you in some ways as well actually you know teach you some new skills and then the third bit is hopefully by focusing on the positive aspects of work through this series you can sort of develop a, a clear acceptance of personal and professional boundaries um, and and have, making that clear for for everyone. So which leads us on nicely then I think to our, our learning outcomes for this series. So yeah. you, you are, so you're the narrator of these. I'm the narrator of these, yeah. Well, we often don't call these learning outcomes, do we? We say coming up this week, but yeah. Yeah, that's what they are. <laughs> and so, so over this series, uh, we've come up with a, a broad range of things that we think the series would, we would like the series to tackle really. And um, so the first is a better understanding of kindness and its social and physiological effects hopefully an improved understanding of the importance and utility of breathwork to modulate your behaviour and feelings and to understand the idea of intention, action and impact 
in relation to the ecosystem that you work in. Now, that may not mean anything as yet, but if you keep listening, that will make sense. And hopefully some skills to give you an ability to recall a number of these breathing techniques to energize, restore, and relax you and know when to use which and and sort of actually start to have an idea of um, how to use these things. And then a practical understanding of how we lead through the smallest of actions and some lived examples of this. And then finally, to understand that care is something we have to have for ourselves, for our patients, and for our team. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. We're going to have our usual sort of ways of interacting with us. Mm-hmm. So you can head on down to the website. mdtpodcast.org.uk Or you can use Twitter, which is... At mdt underscore podcast. Good. Or you can follow us on Facebook, if you wish. At MDT Podcast. Yeah. Or also, we have an Instagram page where we will post the infographics and everything. Which, again, at MDT Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) If you put MDT Podcast into things, you should hopefully find us. (laughs) It'll it'll come up. It's on our line on TikTok, though. (laughs) No, not yet. Not yet. Although, I think we should. Um, If this is your first uh, time coming across the MDT, please subscribe wherever you're listening to this and follow us. The website for this series is going to be slightly different. So we're not going to do show notes for each individual episode. We will have a page and a PDF you can download that's got all of the resources, all of the links. And then there'll be on the front page for Series 13, there'll be a little form you can fill in that will give you all of the breathwork episodes all in a single page with some more information that we'll, we'll go into later. You know, we don't need to. But that means that you and your teams, if you want to work through them, this is something Jess has done with um, healthcare teams before, is if you wanted to then run through them as a team together, that you would have them there separately to, yep. to work through. We will put up a CPD log and I'd encourage you to, to use that. And that's accessible via the website. Uh, there'll probably be one of those in, in some way for each episode. And it's mapped to a number of sort of curriculums, if you like. Uh, we will map it to the knowledge skills framework, the foundation curriculum, the GPVTS curriculum, the internal medicine stage one curriculum, the geriatric medicine specialty curriculum, and the PA curriculum. That's not to say it's not relevant for anyone that doesn't work to those curriculums, but they are the curriculums that we can get access to. <laughs> so. So, yeah. Oh, and they're going to come out weekly, aren't they? Yes, they're going to come out weekly because the breathing exercises are best done weekly. So that's why we're changing the frequency there. So yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready, Ian? I'm ready. I'll see you next week. Okay. The MDT will convene in one week's time. The MDT Podcast.